Kathy, many leading scholars believe that understanding and applying trends is one of the most important drivers of strategic thinking. You know, prior to the pandemic, there were so many trends in the world, it was kind of hard to diffi and difficult to select which ones were most salient. Mm -hmm. But the pandemic has really accelerated certain trends, making certain ones more salient and obvious today. Would you mind talking to some of those trends that are most important to consider when strategic, strategically thinking about supply chain management from a global perspective? Well, absolutely. And Dean Waller, thank you for having me here today. Uh, it's wonderful to see you again, uh, albeit not in person, given the crazy world we're in now. But uh, it's great to get to share a few thoughts about our experience here at Johnson & Johnson uh, during these key times. And indeed, that impact as we think strategically about about supply chains, um, you know, clearly supply chains uh, have become not only the drivers of end to end collaboration, with suppliers and manufacturers and distributors, but even across a bigger societal ecosystem. If you think of policymakers, politicians, the world community, and how it thinks of and has begun to understand, you know, supply chains at a global level due to the due to the pandemic. And so, when we work across the ecosystem in a world that changes so much, we all have a responsibility from a trend view to not only continue to strengthen our operations in our supply chains, uh, whether that's implementing advanced technologies, whether that's driving efficiencies, but ultimately we also have to begin driving much better connectivity and integration um, across the whole ecosystem. So if I, you know, as I reflected on, you know, key trends uh, impacting global supply chains at large, um, things that were, were likely there and were there, but the pandemic has even further accelerated you know, one I would say is new channels for access. Um, we could talk about that a bit today. Um, new levels of speed and agility, but coupled with a resilience and how those work together. Personalization and every one of us wanting not only perhaps personalized products, but personalization of I want my box on my porch at this time, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, transparency and social impact of what supply chains do, not only the what we do, how we work. And the last one, of course, is digital, which just permeates absolutely, uh, absolutely everything. Well, you know, delivery of goods and services throughout the global supply chains were reconfigured at a record speed as a result of the pandemic. No one would have ever expected it was even possible. Would you mind sharing some of your observations about this reconfiguration? Well, certainly throughout the pandemic, you know, as rolling shutdowns began, you know, just a little more than than a year ago and businesses around the world uh, closed their doors, uh, borders were closed uh, in in our industry of healthcare, you know, hospital systems were overwhelmed and had to stop all non critical non essential care. And so in light of this, uh, we saw a huge uptick uh, as we move through the year in what I call new channels for access, um, more, uh, whether it's more direct to consumer, uh, whether it's more outpatient in the, in the uh, uh, healthcare field, you know, in established markets, we had many examples across Johnson & Johnson, certainly in our, in our consumer health business, uh, we saw the importance of, of, uh, of our healthcare products, 
of Listerine, of many brands um, uh, that allowed us to keep our hands clean, our keep germs in control uh, early in the pandemic. We saw e-commerce move to a level that I think we thought might have taken a few more years to get to that just made a, a jump that we we know there's no going back from and around the globe and how you know every one of us as a consumer shops. Uh, if you look at channels like groceries and how they, they've seen that change. Uh, even in our uh, some of our medical device business, contact lenses, our uh, AccuView line, in many countries, we saw hundreds of percent increase in the desire for and therefore our need to deliver direct to customers, direct to consumer homes. And even in some countries, medicines uh, directly from us where pharmacies um, you know, were overwhelmed with other things, how we could work with governments uh, to do create new channels of access. And then as hospital systems um, began to come out of the first wave, you know, we understood the impact that uh, hospital systems having stopped other non-essential surgeries had. Um, so from there, hospital systems realized they were gonna need to work in different ways. So the move from having, for example, a knee replacement surgery be something where you come into the hospital, you stay overnight, one night, maybe two, depending on your situation. Today, a huge shift to those being done in an outpatient setting. So you're not even taking any of those precious uh, hospital resources. Uh, and we see that at many kinds of surgery. The difference though is hospital systems generally are larger scale, scale buildings. They have supply chain processes well evolved. They have space for the inventory they desire. You move to an outpatient clinic and suddenly you're talking about a supply chain of things that really has to be just in time because they don't have space uh, in an ambulatory surgery center, for example, uh, for things that you might've done just weeks before in a hospital setting. So how our supply chain works with our commercial organization, with our customers, uh, to capitalize on those shifts um, is really key. And then there are things that um, I'd say were pilots, but now are, are really beginning to become uh, ways of working. And when we think about the importance of reaching more patients around the world, um, one of the areas when we talk about new channels for access is in Uganda. So in the, in the Kalangala region, for example, a huge Lake District region, but also has one of the highest populations of HIV patients. We're actually now delivering by drone directly to that patient's home at a time and specific GPS location where they can pick up the goods versus them being bought, being brought by boat um, on very rare trips. So that's something we were really proud uh, to be recognized um, by the Access to Medicines Index uh, just uh, in the last couple of weeks for being more than a decade, one of the top three companies uh, advancing access to medicines uh, and technologies in low and middle income countries. But in reality, you know, that that channel of access uh, is changing how we drive growth in J&J &J by what our supply chain can do. That is so impressive. Um... You know, in commercial air transportation, about a third of the revenue to carriers comes from freight in the belly of the plane. So the pandemic resulted in many planes being grounded because of uh, lack of passenger air demand. And so that wound up reducing uh, air freight capacity globally in a way that no one really could have anticipated. 
Um, how do you think about it, especially from a risk management perspective? Well, from risk, I'd say we've evolved our view that that risk is no longer one isolated event, nor is how you manage risk. It's not one one event with one commensurate action. It's how one risk can emerge and create a cascade of risks uh, that you have to be agile to, you have to be able to respond to, but you have to be able to do that under an underlying level of foundational capabilities and resilience that you cannot build when that risk emerges. You have to have that ready to go. So if I take your example, uh, when you know more than 80% um, of commercial air traffic was halted as borders were closed and modes changed, changed I think what um, you know, no one, no government, no one necessarily realized is that 70% of all medicines transported around the globe happen in commercial air travel, in the belly of a commercial plane. So when you think though about the criticality of a cancer patient getting their cancer medicine, no matter where it's made and where, where they are, uh, we had to be incredibly agile uh, as global air freight uh, shifted in spurts uh, as we worked with governments around the world to keep the flow of goods going and most importantly the flow of essential health care goods. Uh, you know, sometimes it was almost like we were talking against each other. On one hand, you know, governments were working to help airlines stay in business, but on the other hand, uh, you know, we, we needed to really shift the conversation to make sure they knew it wasn't only to keep the airlines in business, you know, for the businesses themselves and for the the amazing employees they have, but that's how medicines move. And so it was great as those conversations became much clearer, it unlocked ability for us to work differently. Uh, we certainly also had to rely on digital tools and as, as what I call us building out our digital thread for healthcare to have digital visibility. And if we didn't have a good amount of that capability before the pandemic, I can tell you, we would have really struggled. Um, but with digital visibility, with things like track and trace, uh, you know, in the simplest form, sensors on certain pallets or with certain products, we could literally watch, you know, around the world, not only where was something, uh, was it on a plane? We had, you know, day, I remember weeks and weeks last spring where every day, you know, the team, we'd be talking with the team about, you know, we we had to try to get three ways to get this medicine to this part of the world because it was the odds were two of those ways would get canceled at the last minute. Um, you know, not only on air airlines, but also I'll tell you ports, you know, as ports became congested uh, because people weren't able to be there uh, to work. We saw, you know, we have goods on ships that we move also around the globe with the global supply chain. And many, many times we had a ship that was supposed to go to Port X, let's say in the Netherlands or, or else, and boom, two hours before, ports closed, goods are on the ship. Where do we want our stuff to go? Well, we can't plop it off the ship. So we've got to find out where that ship was rerouted to, how do we get our goods and how do we get them you know, back to where they need to be? So all of that without digital, um, would have been impossible. And with digital, we could make those decisions in as close to real time. And we could, in many cases, let's be the first one to book that alternative route uh, while others might have uh, still been, been scrambling, which at the end of the day, for us helped assure we could meet what we needed to do for our, for our patients and consumers around the world. 
COVID really made supply chain management, the importance of it from a strategic perspective, really shine. But the pandemic also caused a change in the types mm -hmm. of and quantities of products demanded in many in industries, especially in the medical devices industry. And I've heard stories about how J&J &J was agile enough to quickly pivot and make ventilator expansion splitters. Um, it was a really impressive uh, story I read about it. And would you mind speaking to that just a little bit? It, it's a very special uh, special story. And I think one of the, the, the amazing uh, stories that come from how organizations work together across boundaries and worked with that, that true focus of the patient, uh, the patient need, the healthcare system need at my, in mind. Uh, so at, at Johnson & Johnson, you know, we're, we're, we're known for our consumer health business. Uh, we have a very substantial, very specialized medicines business, but we're also the world's most broadly based medical device business. Um, but within that, we do not make ventilators. Uh, we do not make PPE, uh, but due to, um, you know, likely uh, a part of our ESG efforts uh, where at the very beginning of the pandemic, we donated an important part of uh, some of our strategic stockpile of PPE to the city of Wuhan. Uh, because we knew if we could help contain the virus in Wuhan, we might contain the uh, or, or um, lengthen the amount of time before it spread. So I say this, uh, that's not a splitter, but what happened from that, and it took us a few weeks, frankly, to realize what was going on is, is uh, my office, uh, our chairman, our company began to get calls and calls uh, within days about can J&J, &J, how do we order your PPE? Uh, or uh, you make medical devices. How do we order your ventilators? And you know, after spending you know way too much time having to explain we don't make those things, um, we did two things. One is we really became a connector, and so we had built out a PPE sourcing network uh, with quality checks and a variety of things. So we became someone that would help connect a hospital system who was running out of PPE to a reliable supplier we'd found in XYZ location. Second on the ventilator, we ventilator asks, we challenge ourselves, could we get in that, in that and do that soon? And we said, no, there are so many great companies who are ventilator makers or could, but what could we do to really make a difference in what was most critical? And at the time, uh, we understood that one of our customers, Prisma Healthcare System uh, in the Carolinas, had actually uh, been working for a few weeks on a design as part of their risk management program that in the worst case, uh, if they were to truly run out of ventilators, how could, could you design literally a, a Y piece, a splitter, where you could have two patients on one ventilator? And so in an incredible collaboration with them uh, and in a speed, frankly, that may even be faster than what it takes me to tell the story uh, with their clinical work that they did uh, coming together with our technical knowledge and our supply base ourselves and our suppliers of 3D printing, uh, our medical safety teams who got uh, with Prisma and helped understand the safety assessment, how this product could be used. Uh, working with FDA to have an emergency use authorization uh, by Prisma for this. In a matter of 10 days, uh, we went from an idea to having 3D printed ventilator splitters uh, available. 
And so we built uh, thousands of those the, uh, in cooperation with uh, projections from the government. The wonderful news is because the ventilator business itself uh, and all the other companies who chipped in and volunteered, you know, our country squeaked through that. Um, but uh, there was a very real risk there that we could have had to use this uh, last resort, right, to to have to keep two people on ventilators until a new a second ventilator would be available. So it's just an amazing example. It wasn't that we bypassed functions that should be involved in product development uh, or bypassed their approvals. No, we got the same functional expertise, the same global leadership. We had the top, you know, top uh, hospital systems in the country working together on this and um, we're able to, you know, to deliver something that truly could could make an impact at the level uh, level that we really look to do every day. You know, that example, your example of Wuhan and many other things I've read speak to your <clears throat> innovative application of supply chain management within the realm of ESG, which is a really hot topic right now in supply and in, in business yeah. in general. Um, but I want to ask you one last question. I, I'd like to ask more about that, but you've got some really good material out there online I've seen. Mm -hmm. I'd like to ask you about, uh, you know, the, the pandemic has really sped up digitization. Mm -hmm. And you, you alluded to that earlier, but, uh, and I'm sure you've experienced that, but, but you, could you give some examples of how you've experienced that? Sure. Uh, so there's, there's no doubt that um, first I'd say the intersection of science today being a 135-year-old science-based company and technology, uh, in particular digital, the intersection of those two things um, allows us to invent products like the splitter we just talked about, like robotic uh, surgery elements we're working on, uh, like working on um, a vaccine in a different way. It allows us to unlock new products, new ways of bringing them to life in supply chains, technologies like digital technologies like 3D printing, um, but also the ability of data science and analytics to help us, for example, uh, target and identify best populations to work on clinical, to use for clinical trials and to approach for clinical trials. Uh, better ways as um, in uh, transportation to have agility and flexibility uh, but to, to have transparency and traceability across our end-to-end -end supply chain to know what is where uh, and how it was made and, uh, and by whom and in what, in what situation. So whether it's inside our plants um, or even where it's, whether it's how our, uh, we communicated with customers and our suppliers um, through different channels, you know, there's no doubt digital is transforming anything, excuse me, everything, uh, everything and anything. Uh, I also say it's transforming how every one of us does our job, whether it is uh, uh, one of our mechanics working on uh, third shift in one of our uh, distribution centers or plants, or my role uh, as a chief supply chain officer, it truly transforms anything, everything. Uh, and so our, our goal is to understand from a strategic view where does digital allow us to just do things in very different ways, uh, work with customers' data sets, the data sets of hospitals, uh, to create a touchless supply chain, 
where we could bring into the operating room only the things that are needed for that personalized patient experience, uh, whether it's on-shelf data uh, with, uh, with our uh, retail partners to really do the pull signal through the supply chain, not just, uh, you know, not just uh, uh, sale, point of sale data, but real on-shelf data. Uh, to help all of us grow, or whether it's working in um, underdeveloped countries or regions and how digital can help us get access. So um, I actually uh, changed my organization structure uh, at the very beginning of this year to reflect, in fact, those two topics you just mentioned. Uh, so one, uh, we have uh, I'm now a chief, chief data science officer for our supply chain uh, and our broader set of functions under my responsibility in J&J. &J. We're building out one of the top data science organizations, I believe, in any supply chain um, around the globe. Uh, secondly, our chief sustainability officer for Johnson & Johnson is now a fully dedicated position. That's also part, part of my team. And to your point, those intersections of ESG uh, digital uh, to me, they are a core of how we are all strategically evolving the much bigger impact that supply chains uh, have in the world, uh, not only from an economic view, but from a societal view. Well, Kathy, it has been such a pleasure talking with you about various trends in global supply chain and how they've accelerated as a result of the pandemic. Because understanding trends and thinking about how they create challenges and opportunities is the key to strategic thinking. Your insights have been particularly helpful to those watching for them to, to be thinking strategically. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for, uh, for inviting us. Again, it's great to see you and wonderful to participate uh, here uh, and help continue to, to stretch that strategic impact of supply chains around the globe. So thank you.